Hey, Scott. Yes, Adam? Do you love me? Today? Coming at you almost live from the bridge of the Starship Enterprise, this is the Unknown Studio. I'm Scott. And I'm Adam. And we are your hosts. Today we have a, a singular man on our show. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Scott Lilwall is in the studio with us today to talk about massively multiplayer games and how he basically ruined them for everyone. Well, maybe not for everyone, but certainly for people. Unscrupulous people. That were generally in the area around me. Yes. Yeah. Hi, Scott. Hello. Well, we need to, uh, I think we need to sort out right away what we're going to call you guys, because you're Scott, my co-host. Now, uh, Scott Lilwall and Adam and I all used to work together on a ship called the Gateway. Yes. And generally at that time, I was referred to as Scott and Scott Lilwall was referred to as Lilwall. So we will just continue to refer to him as such, I believe. I think that's the simplest way to do it. And that's actually a pattern that has, has gone on since. Essentially. So you're only known as Lil Wall? It does. It, my, my parents call me Lil Wall. <laughs> one day you're just going to be a symbol. It's He's ex- going to be like Teller. He's going to change his name to Lil Wall. <laughs> also, silent. That's not going to work for us. Could you maybe delay that until we're done recording this? <laughs> well, we'll try, but we better hurry up because the emotional pain is welling up quickly. <laughs> okay, so basically, uh, yeah, we, uh, we brought you on because you have often regaled the world with tales of misadventure, shall we say, uh, from your MMORPG days. And as you were a person who kind of got onto the MMO bandwagon very early, you also have seen kind of its evolution, how it's changed over the years, the different kinds of people who've come on and started playing, uh, how the games have developed. And so you're actually a really good resource to talk about them. And we decided that this was a great opportunity to do so. So there you go. So I'm like the cranky old man. Of the online... Yeah, you're the guy RPG. sitting there in his rocking chair, polishing his shotgun, asking people, telling people <laughs> to get off his lawn. <laughs> and by lawn, I mean World of Warcraft. I I've, got, I've got my thoughts about World of Warcraft. We'll get to that. Yes. Let's uh, let's start with a little bit of a, a biography. So um, what, what was the first game that you got into, and um, when? Massively multiplayer online one would have been... Ultima Online, way back in like, I guess that would have been junior high. Oh no. I'm just kind of cataloging now what I've done with my life (laughs) since that point. (laughs) How long ago was junior high? About eight or nine years ago. And uh, it was a a friend of mine who moved from Kelowna had, had been really into it. And he kind of just showed me it one day. And I'm like, hey, this sounds like a great way to... You know, not study and and uh, eliminate any chance of a social life that I may have. Was it immediately uh, addictive, the way you hear it is for so many people? Not so much. I guess like this this was back when there was a real learning curve, a real learning curve. Like the games weren't as nuanced or, or advanced. Do you mean? It, it was more they you were kind of just tossed into it and like hey, kind of figure it out yourself. And and it was fun, but also demoralizing at times because you, you'd be like oh I probably that was the worst move I could have possibly done what do you mean um, by selling like, your spear I, I know nothing about these <laughs> games by the way except that they exist and that if I started to play them I would ruin my life so I haven't ever which is probably very wise of you actually is it I would I would assume so that's a it's a very strong moral stance generally to not get involved with online games uh has it ruined your life, Lil Wall? I wouldn't know. 
No, I don't think so. Mostly You seem to be doing okay. I'm, I'm also, uh, I'm not a wealthy man, so every once in a while I have to stop playing simply because I, I don't, uh, don't have the money to continue. It, there was a day, there was a day where it was like $5 a month at most. What is it now? It's getting to be like 50 Yeah, it's a lot more expensive now. Are you uh, well, well, yeah, the World of Warcraft stuff is running around like $15 a month or so now. Yeah. Which is insane. I believe. And uh yeah, that I mean that's that's pricey when you start by paying eighty bucks for the game in the first place, right? Exactly. And then you go out and buy the, you know, fifty dollar expansions. That's that adds up. That that's a that's an expensive hobby. Don't most of those games come with like a few free months of play online? Generally, yeah. They'll give you about uh, fourteen days. Yeah. Oh yeah. Full there disclosure. Full disclosure. Okay. I played World of Warcraft for a time. I haven't for some time. I, I haven't for at least a year now. And uh uh, I have time to do things and money to do things now because I don't. But uh, there was a time when I was playing it and I actually got hooked because World of Warcraft, they're sneaky. When you buy it, they give you like two free months of play or whatever. It's like and then And then they give one of your friends a free month as well. And so you guys are enabling your poor friends to ruin their... I was enabled by one of my friends, actually, who was like, you should try this out. Here's a free month. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a try. And a month later, I was like, sign me up, boys. <laughs> and that was a bad idea. I, I do want to talk to you about this because um, because I think there are two facets to it. One is the, the kinds of behaviors that you and your pals engaged in that resulted in system-wide changes and also the addictive nature of these games because there's a woman who worked with me when I was working for the utility company who ruined her potential marriage and her body because she was playing so much online games like she she had carpal tunnel and she had back problems she was basically a husk of a person you know typing at work to collect a paycheck so she could go home and play i don't know everquest or world of warcraft or something well and you hear about people in korea um i you know, i don't mean to sound make that stereotypical too late there's but no there's a lifestyle over there and it's uh they they are really into like video games and like online games especially and there are people who will drop dead at their computer because they've been playing for seven days straight what games are you playing now like are you still into this uh i not so much no, no. i don't play any on i haven't for about a year a year and a half let's, I go, I let's clarify you play online games you do not play massively multiplayer online role-playing games right right because it, it, it's an interesting little uh conflict because at my heart yeah i'm very cheap i know Ex- extremely cheap <laughs> So, uh, so, you're, you, so you do play online games like uh, I don't know, uh, Team Fortress, which is uh, hilarious. I love that. So funny. Team Fortress is a great game. Um, but uh, so let's talk about the games that you had a direct result in influencing the general world. So tell us about which game it was. Uh, that would have been Ultima Online. That would back in back in the day, and uh, the the wonderful thing about that is because it was really one of the first massively uh, multiplayer online games so everyone was still kind of trying to feel out what was going on and what kind of things you do there was um it it was it was set in like it was a a swords and fantasy type type thing and um it was set in a world with magic and and stuff like that and uh you could open portals to places you had marked before and a lot of people didn't have the skills so so they would go to a bank and just be like a bank was was you could store 
things inside it. So there was a lot of, it was like the social meeting center. People would sell things at a bank or meet up to go try this out or something. So sometimes somebody would run in and be like, hey, can I get a portal to, I'm trying to think of some of the names, like Jeremiah or you, which were these other cities. And somebody would just open up a portal and the person walks through and they, you know, it's, it's free. It didn't cost them much to do. So it was a kind of nice thing to do. And uh, my friend and I got together and uh, we would open portals for people and have them step into it, and it wouldn't take them where they wanted to go. It would take them to a tiny island that we had found before with, like, no way off. That we had gotten there through boat, because you could have boats in the game. And then we would appear later and be like, hey, we will give you a ride back through another portal for a lot of money. <laughs> Basically, whatever you've got on you, let's go. So you were online extortionists. Basically, we were and kidnappers. Kidnappers. Um, <laughs> sometimes we just totally skipped the extortion part and would port them to a really dangerous dungeon yeah. and have whatever was in there kill them. <laughs> and then sneak up and take the stuff from their body and then, like, book it. So you were also, in fact, murderers. Not so much. No, we were not murderers. We were looters. There was there was a difference. But we you did hated. facilitate these people's deaths. Oh, did you we not? Were, we, I, I would say we were second-degree murderers. Kind of like a depraved indifference type thing. You, a depraved indifference. You are a sociopath. <laughs> I'm just saying there's different levels. There was if, um, No, my friend and I were in this game, which is something I miss. I miss so much. Is It didn't baby the players. If you uh -huh. died, every everything you had on you was on your body. And somebody could come up and take it from you if you before you got back and like picked it back up. So that's what how my friend and I made most of our money is we would walk around the dangerous places and find people who died and then sneak up, take their stuff and like go. And there was like scavengers. Yeah. And we were more hated than the people who would kill other players and take their stuff. Like there was just like some sort of honor thing. Okay, so how 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 big is this world? How many people hated you? Like are we talking thousands of people? Uh, probably. I'd say that's that's a fair the, if I'm not mistaken, and I mean, it's like I said, it's been a long time, so I'm I might be getting these numbers wrong, but the server we were on was, at peak times, we'd have 30,000 people on it. <laughs> and we were well known. We, our names were known as, as, and we would sometimes get chased on site. We'd like show up somewhere and they're like, oh, and we'd have to run away. <laughs> were they wanted posters up of you guys? No. We, there, were, there were bounties. You could put bounties on people <laughs> in the game. <laughs> Man. Okay, uh, so the rules changed. As, as I said, we would port people to places they were not supposed to go and and then extort them to get them back. <laughs> and uh, it got to a point where the official rules changed that it was a bannable offense to open a portal somewhere and tell somebody that it went somewhere else. So then we simply changed it by not saying, hey, I just opened this portal for you. Someone would say, hey, I need a portal to you. And we'd open up a portal and then they'd and then we would not say a word. And then they would walk on through. And then we would just continue as normal. So, so it, it was always They found like, what, what could best be described as a legal loophole. Yeah, it was always like this red queen type race. Like, I, we would do something. The and then gullible like, race. <laughs> we would do something and then they changed the rules. And we'd be like, okay, well, technically we could still do this. And then they changed the rules again. So it was you're, a lot of fun. You're going into law, right? <laughs> sounds like you probably should. Uh, video game law. I hear that's not lucrative in the least. I don't. It's kind of a niche exists. thing, though. You yeah. you might be able to corner the market on it. And I mean, the best part was the at least the counselors. We they were they were called counselors. Those were like the the moderators of the game, and uh, the ones that we talked to were really 
awesome people. So, I mean, they'd be like, oh, you're not supposed to be doing that. <laughs> and then, you know, just kind of like, hey, that was really smart of you, but do it again and we will ban you. <laughs> so, never actually got banned. Got suspended a few times. For how long? 24 hours, 72 oh, hours. That God. Kind of stuff. It's horrible. <sighs> so, um... So yes, uh, and then somehow you became a famous author. Right. There were books. Books that your character could actually, like, you could type out in, and keep in your inventory. And the awesome part was that if a book was in the game world long enough, it would start showing up on NPC shelves. So like, you could go into an NPC's house and like click on their bookshelf and open it up and there'd be a book that somebody had written years ago. And it just started appearing in the game world. So... My character kept a kind of a diary, we'll say. It's called The Meat I Eat. <laughs> and the whole point was that he would go around and chop up, like kill a creature, and then you could chop it up. And like there would be, you know, if you killed a, a cow, there'd be some steak and some hide. And you could use those to like make clothing or, or cook and stuff. So I'd go around and just a list, a date and a list of things I'd eaten that day. Be like, cow, and then I had some some hydra, and then I had some like zombie meat, and that wasn't very good. And they're going to a point where it would start showing up on NPC shelves, and it would just, the meat I eat by, my guy's name was Dante, and lists and lists and lists. <laughs> I know, I understand that hydra meat is really tough. It is, it is, uh, it's spicy. Yeah. If you can prepare it, well, I would recommend marinating it. Uh, it not with zombie meat. Though. Not with zombie meat, uh, some, I guess some spring water, and then, <laughs> Um, a touch of Tabasco. Could you actually acquire stuff like this in the game? That'd be hilarious. Not so much you Tabasco. Found 50 gold pieces and a bottle of Tabasco. You would be surprised what you could find. Like they had a lot, a ton of stuff. Just, just random stuff you think you would never be able to use. Like a chessboard. You could carry on a chessboard or 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 a die or thread, and people would come up for uses with this stuff that the game designers had never intended. And they would, uh, there was a big market for people would, uh, you could lock things down. You could own a house and lock items down so people couldn't come and pick up those, those items. So people would take things like thread and cloth and just pieces of, of wood and stuff and make like art on the floors of their houses. So you'd walk in and there'd be like a tapestry or there'd be like a, a scene that somebody had made out. And that's bizarre. So did you write any other books in that particular world? I had uh, nothing famous. No, just uh, the meat certainly not as famous as the meat I eat. No, we. Um, I think that should be a cookbook in the real world. I, I've often thought of making, and it's just just meat recipe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now here's my famous recipe for stuffing a chicken inside a smaller chicken. <laughs> <laughs> it's messy, but it's delicious. So, okay, so you uh, you played Ultima Online, and I'm certain you have other stories, and we will get back to them. What did you then migrate on to? trying to remember I may have played Dark Age of Camelot which wasn't a lot of fun uh, I've, I've I can list some uh, I've been actually beta tester on some as well so I've there, I've been on a lot of different games like there's Dark Age of Camelot uh, EVE Online that uh, I was involved in before it, like, when it actually went gold uh, a lot of trials because a lot of the game players will give the game developers will give it away for free and, and give you a few days and be like hey try this out and then you can buy the game after and buy the thing so you would go through a whole bunch of games that weren't good and you'd waste like two days on them and you're like oh, i'm not gonna do this anymore face of mankind there was um what was that one called neocron or something like that that we were really excited for and then it sucked 
So there have been a lot of flops. A lot of flops. And I mean, I'm very, very picky. And I think Ultima spoiled me because the, the difference is a lot of the games are very regimented, I guess is what I want to say. It's like the rules are strict and it's like you pick this class and you will go, you know, you'll do this and mine this and this is what you'll become. And you every level you can decide to do these three things and pick between them. And Ultima was just kind of like, here's a whole bunch of, it was like a sandbox. It was like they gave you a sandbox and some shovels and were like, do whatever you want to do. And that usually involved uh, extorting people and hurting cats. Herding or hurting? Well, first one, then the other. Okay. <laughs> well, you needed a pile of them first. <laughs> exactly. Now, did you ever get into uh, uh, Second Life or anything like that? No. No. that Because that seemed more... That I like having a goal. Yeah. And also, part of the fun of Ultima especially was... They give you loose rules, but rules. And then you had to kind of like work within the rule system and it had a little creativity. Whereas my understanding of Second Life is more you get to create whatever you want. Yeah, I think so. And it's it's uh, it's more like um, it's more like that room, that social room, the bank, but that you can build stuff onto. Yeah. And, and the end result is just a, you know, kind of a disaster of weird topography and stuff like yeah. that. And I tried it for like two days and, and was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. It all, it struck me as just looking extremely annoying. Yeah. That was, yeah. that was kept, kept me away. And also I, and uh, this kind of, I guess bleeds in, into what you were saying more about the addiction and stuff is it did seem really, really social. It was mostly social and Social is always a component of these types of games, but I never saw it as the main component because I just always enjoyed, and maybe that's why I never actually got addicted is because, you know, play the game for an hour or two, but I prefer to go out and see my friends in person. And yeah. and a lot of my friends play the game, so when we do that, but then after an hour, you know, you're kind of like, well, let's actually go play some pool or do something face-to-face. Have a beer or whatnot. Exactly. Well, junior high. <laughs> that didn't stop me. It did, actually. It did stop me. Let's go have a cocktail. <laughs> Shirley Temples. Hey, I still drink Shirley Temples. Oh, they're delicious. They are. There are they by default non-alcoholic all the time. Yeah, it's I a virgin drink. Yeah, that's absurd. <laughs> Who would do such a thing? It's like it was invented by a child or a child actor. Uh, I've I've heard a rumor that you can get a uh, an alcoholic version of the Shirley Temple. It's the Shirley Temple Black. Ooh. See, I always thought that <laughs> that's perfect. I thought a Shirley Temple was actually. An alcoholic drink that just didn't have the alcohol. Like it was already an alcoholic drink, and it was just. But I could have. No, I'm, I'm under the impression that it was always a virgin drink. I could be wrong. I hmm. think you're right. Uh, it might be something we'd have to look into. Indeed, we should actually get a bartender on the show sometime to talk drinks. I think we will. That's Indeed. a good idea. So you, you're not. You say you're not playing these anymore. No. Are you Are you looking forward to this? Uh, well, I guess the the next question is. Do you ever see yourself getting back into it, or is that the kind of thing that's just too much of a time suck now? It is. Like, I mean, it's. I get tempted every once in a while, especially when you know, I've got a friend who's because that, that was the best part of it was playing it with people that you actually know and can joke around with and, and little inside jokes. And um, friend of mine uh, also of the gateway really bad for trying to get people back in. Were you ever part of a guild? Yes. Oh yes. yes. Well, I mean, we had the gate the gateway one. I, oh. Weren't there two gateway ones? Wasn't there the leaky death ship and another one? The, the non-leaky death ship? <laughs> I don't know. I, I know that we had like a, a disagreement over the name. Now, the, one of the other aspects of, uh, of uh, these massively multiplayer games are the little economies that get formed around them. 
I remember reading an article back in 2007 in The Walrus, one of the excellent magazines published in Canada, that um, there were people who were playing EverQuest and they would amass objects and armor and weapons and that sort of thing. And they would sell these virtual objects on eBay for real money. Oh, yeah. And there were some people making like six-figure incomes from this. Like You can make a lot. I actually, uh, that was a, a mini job that I had during high school. Are you and serious? I mean, not to that level, obviously. But uh, uh, selling just uh, just gold and stuff on, on eBay or this was, I guess, before eBay was really big. But, you know, you could just... Uh, get a hold of people that were sites for this kind of stuff. And I don't know. If I tried a good two, three hours, yeah. um, I could screw up, get about 30 bucks. So yeah, That's still not that very good. No. And I mean, that's when I, was an in, hour, when I was in high school. It, and I mean, it was stuff I was doing anyway, right? It was, it was a game that I enjoyed playing. So, And the best part is, at least I thought so at the time was because I was a looter. It was actually other people's stuff. You bring up the economies, and um, I'm going to delve more into the players. You were one of the players that people hated when you first started. You were one of those people who people would see you, and by your own admission, would chase you away and try to kill you with their swords because they did not like you because you were, if I may, a douchebag. Kind of, yeah. Um, what? Now, obviously, you've been there. So when you get into like something later on, like Eve or like uh, World of Warcraft, do you put up with douchebags? Are you like, I would imagine not. And do you see more of them now? Are there more people like you used to be playing these games now? And uh, I might be biased, but I think that there was a certain kind of um, creativity, a little a little spark that I had in my douchebag. I mean, number one, we would, uh, Mike and I, the, the guy who... Uh, who introduced me to the game, and I, I guess my, my pusher, what's the term I want to use there? Um, number one, we had a little mercy. Like, if somebody was completely like, oh, God, please, I don't want to, you know, I've worked really hard for this or something like that. And, and I mean, in Ultima, unlike a lot of the games you're seeing now, items weren't the big thing. Like, I mean, if you if you lost an item, sure, maybe, maybe that's something you spent uh, a while putting together, but it's not like you would never see another one of those in the game. It was it was more like all all the importance came from skills and, and stuff, which is something that you couldn't take away from somebody. But I mean, if somebody was kind of like oh you know and asked really nicely, our our basic rule was if they asked really nicely, we would let them off with like a paltry sum, being like okay, give us like a hundred gold, which in the game is like the equivalent of asking for twenty five cents, and just be like, fine, you can go, you go. And if somebody like was kind of demanding and, and being an asshole, we would totally be an asshole back. But anyway, it was kind of the... And also, we did it fairly. Kind of. Not by actually killing people, but by sending them to the depths of the Dungeon of Despair. More along the lines of we weren't breaking any real game rules. Uh, we weren't exploiting. They weren't bugs that we were using. We were just kind of... We were kind of shifty and sneaky. And, and, and also, I mean, there was a more understanding back in Ultima before uh, they actually ruined the game. Um... It was really dangerous. Like it was, there was a steep learning curve. People would get screwed over, and the game was designed so that you would not get screwed over completely. Like you could always come back. So people kind of expected dangerous things to happen, and you kind of had the idea like nobody you really you didn't really trust anybody unless you actually knew them. But uh, we actually would get. Um, there was one time we found people who were real douchebags. Like they were. This was a guild that was basically based on racists because this was this was a a game that was really popular uh, in, in Korea as well. And you had players on, on same servers go back and forth. Uh, and their guild, whole guild thing, was they would basically just kill Asians. 
that's that's what the any Asian player was free game free. That's uh, target. pretty horrible. It was pretty horrible. So wait, now were there avatars like in likenesses of people? No, no. So like, you just knew. Be- how did you know that they? Well, were Well, every game, uh, every player had a uh, a like a name and a and a, and a face. Like they, they weren't made to look like people. You could kind of customize what your guy looked like. But since there were Korean and uh, English players on on uh, the same server, there was kind of like a rough translation software, and it didn't always work. So you could tell when somebody was using kind of like an Asian grammar. That's horrible. Yeah, so that was their thing. So my guy, guy has an accent. Basically, Let's kill him. Basically, that guy is speaking English. Let's go. Exactly. And that's yeah. what it was. And that was and they thought they were like that's if you were thought to be an Asian player, you got attacked on site by this guild. That, so Oh my god. Mike and I decided that we would we would completely screw them over. Basically, the idea was uh, as I said, you could you had a house that you could lock items down in and for a guild house you had big houses and people would put their stuff in and they put their gold in they have weapons and stuff that you go uh so we actually got ourselves invited onto the guild and got everybody this is back in the day when people used to use icq uh we we got everybody on the guild on icq so we could see when they were online and we picked a day that they were not online and we basically just went into the guild house and since we were part of the guild we had access to opening the stuff we just took everything took everything and we took it down to the nearest bank and we're just like hey guys free stuff (laughs) (laughs) it's like one of those craigslist fire sales exactly exactly Uh, if you if you convinced somebody to give you the key to your house and then they went out of town and then they sold all your stuff on craigslist wow man that's awesome so we like we kind of saw and i don't know if this is i don't know how other people saw us but we kind of had like this robin hood thing going like sure we're bad but we're bad to bad people too. Robbing from the racists and giving to the Korean random people. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Clearly, you did this to more than just these racist guys. Oh though. yes, we know we did it to people who didn't deserve it too. Uh, uh, okay, well, elaborate <laughs> that. Now I want to know that story. Well, I mean, it was the basic idea of us being being looters, right? Like, I mean, we'd go across and we'd find find uh, a player who had died and was going to get their character resurrected and come back and get their stuff back, and we're just like, whoa free stuff and and so when we like to call it a victimless crime crime because we didn't ever actually meet the victim so it was a good time. <laughs> that's that's a <laughs> terribly excellent way to rationalize that <laughs> and and once again like it kind of depended on what kind of reaction we would get if the person came back and be like hey can i please get my stuff back we're like okay we're, it's did, a game so did some people actually like you know, do that? Like, if it were me and someone stole from my character, I'd get indignant and find a way to get back at you. But it sounds like a lot of people came back to you and were just like, dude, that's not cool. Yeah, yeah. And I'm you're just, just like, I will keep a hundred gold pieces. That's kind of it. And I mean, once again, this was part of the game. Like, they had... Uh, and looting was dangerous in itself. I don't know how deep you want to get into the whole criminal system of the game. Um, basic idea is everybody started blue, which was innocent. And if you attacked another blue player or stole... Because, I mean, there was a skill where you could actually steal things out of people's bags while they were still alive. If you stole something or looted a corpse that you weren't allowed to loot, uh, you turned gray, which was which was criminal. And basically, if you're gray, pe- anybody can kill you with no penalty for the next, like, two minutes until it wears off. So, I mean, looting was itself dangerous. Mm-hmm. There, was, there was kind of a trade-off there. We just got really good at it. And, I mean... You know, sometimes we <laughs> we got our just desserts. Sometimes we would we would uh, come across a group of uh, people that we had one looted just one, and he got his friends. And there's like eight of them, and we're just kind of like, shit. We gotta stand here and get killed, I guess. It's really like one of those uh, schoolyard disagreements. 
Yeah. Online. With swords. Mm. Virtual swords. <laughs> so obviously you couldn't do this kind of stuff in World of Warcraft. No. And that's I've I've been I'm I'm like a man without a country. I'm always I'm wandering around and everyone's You're like while, Kung Fu. <laughs> just wandering the world going on adventures. And and see like a new game and I'm like, hey, that might be that might bring back the old fun of uh of Ultima and then you kinda no, there's too many rules and there's too much and there's you know you don't get to just have the the random fun, and I mean we had random fun that didn't involve. You're, you're judging me, I can see that didn't involve um, screwing other players over. Well, that that was just a small part. I just tell you a lot because it's the funniest stories. Well, what what else did you do for random fun? Uh, okay, this one has to go back a bit to to something that uh, we were not involved in at all. But it was a guy whose character was named Adamant, and the whole point of him was he would go to one of the most dangerous but lucrative dungeons and just hang out in there. And his idea was he had he was a role player, so he had like this big backstory and basically his guy was the protector of this certain kind of monster that everybody went to go kill because they were very like they dropped a lot of good stuff. They were liches. Just for those of you who don't play Dungeons and Dragons, this guy was the protector of evil wizards who had prolonged their life past death with the darkest of magics and the blood of innocence. I just I just want to throw that out there. Those are the monsters that he was the defender of. So they have Republicans on these games? Is that what I'm <laughs> They're hearing? really quite sweet when you get to know them. <laughs> you mean Republicans? Or? Yeah, well, one or the other. Yeah. 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 Anyway, continue. <laughs> and I mean, the best part the best part was, I mean, he was just a random player in the game, right? So the liches would attack him if he came near them. <laughs> Uh, but his whole shtick was he would charge people a, a fee to be in the, uh, well, he wouldn't charge people a fee. His idea was if you had a, cause you could put clothes on your character. If you had a red armband on your character, that meant you were a friend of the liches. And if somebody came into the, uh, uh, the dungeon without a red thing, he, he'd confront them and be like, are you a friend of the liches? Are you here to kill them? And, and if they wanted a red armband, he would charge them like a hundred gold for it, which was, you know, once again, not, not much of anything. So... And then he would like sneak around because there were skills you could move around without other play, players seeing you, and he would watch them. And there was a lot of different monsters in this thing to fight in this dungeon to fight. But you got to the liches eventually, and if they fought the liches, he'd be like, "No!" and he'd appear out of nowhere and just like beat them down, and then take all of their stuff. And he had little bags that he would hold, and all the bag was was a few healing items, a scroll that would send you back to town, and a book that said, don't kill the liches, they are protected here. So, I mean, like, he would take their stuff, but he would leave them the ability to get back home. And, I mean, he became hated in his own, like, like server. This was a different server, so he, he, they would, you know, like, people would go out to kill him, but he was a really good player, so he'd just hide and, like, pick them off one by one, like Rambo. <laughs> but uh, it was really interesting, and his stories were amazing to watch. Because he really put, and I mean, he was a smart guy. He was a good writer, and and really funny. So then Mike and I decide we want to do a homage to him on on our server, but instead of liches, we pick the weakest creature in the game, which is called a mongbat. They like like a new player could take one out unarmed quite easily, and they're everywhere. They're in these forests everywhere. So we would dress around up in like brown cloaks, and you could tame animals and ride them. So we we had rideable llamas. That we would cruise around the, the world and, and find people who were killing mongbats. And people, like, a decently leveled character would just be, like, walking through a forest and a mongbat would come near him and be just like, BAM! You're done! Get out of my way! And, like, I'm going to do big boy things. And then, so we'd come up on them. And the, the thing is, unlike Adamant, who had a very, was a very smart fighter, good equipment, uh, 
good tactics and stuff. We just used like mobs. We would be like, there's five of us and we're going to go take you down. And we would almost always lose. Uh, and I mean, we were not, we are not a power guild. We didn't have like, there were like people were into this kind of stuff. They would have like meetings in game and like battle plans and stuff. And we were just going like, there's a guy, get your swords and go. Like, I just imagined us to be the drunken weekend warriors of Ultima Online. You did mention that uh, World of Warcraft just wasn't floating your boat. Um, why? Why? World of Warcraft is a very popular, well-known game. A lot of people who are listening to this podcast have probably dabbled in it, I would say. Not unlikely. So they would be familiar with it. Enough yeah. to, to understand. What was what were your beefs with that game? Why, why was that one not holding your interest the way Ultima was? I guess it's just because there was less of an ability to, and I mean, this goes back to what I was saying before, like the sandbox. They, they gave you tools and things, and they were like, here's what we gave you. Just go have fun and, and forge your own way. And if you want to be a guy who doesn't do any combat at all, if you want to be a guy whose main skills are being able to start fires and build, like cut down trees and build a chair, you can do that. <laughs> You don't have to pick up a sword ever. You don't have to be like this magic guy. You can just be like at this chair builder who starts fires. You can be an Alberta farmer. Could you <laughs> yeah, be basically? Could you be an arsonist in that game? Base kind of like you couldn't burn down actual buildings, but oh, there, was, no. there was a skill for starting fires. In like it was it was called camping. And then Ultima, it's a lot more like coming up with random plans and crazy ideas and and seeing if it'll work. I had a character who was a lot <laughs> a lot of fun. Uh, I just named him the Mad Bomber. And his whole thing was, uh, he was an alchemist, so you could make potions. And one of the potions would, was a purple potion called an exploding potion. And all you would do is, hold, your character would hold it and count to five and throw it, and then it would explode. So what my guy would do is he would just load his uh, himself up with these purple potions and <laughs> then find a group of people doing something I did not agree with. Which, like killing mong bats. Like killing mong bats. Um, just stand there, standing in the group, and he would like load up one of the, uh, double click one of the potions in his inventory so it's counting down, and then he'd just run at them and be like, kabam! <laughs> right in the middle, and then die and maybe take somebody out with it. <laughs> so let me get this straight. You were in one server, a person who went around tricking people into dying and stealing their things, and in another server, you were a fanatical environmentalist who failed miserably at your job, and in yet another server, you were a suicide terrorist. No, because there were six characters per server. All the same server. <laughs> uh, I had another guy who was really good for exploring the, the world, because, I mean, the world was huge. Uh, and his name was simply Gate Runner, and he was a naked man. Uh, <laughs> as naked as the game would let you, you had, like, a little, little Speedo thing going on there. And he would find people who opened portals, and he would. I would just type in capital letters like "portal" and then run right into it. <laughs> I don't know where it went, and wherever it came out, like I'd, I'd show up on a mountaintop with with dragons uh, and a loincloth, and, a loincloth <laughs> and then get promptly just destroyed. <laughs> just get into a slap fight with a dragon. <laughs> and I mean, sometimes I'd just show up at somebody's house because like this group of friends were showing up. This so this naked man runs out and he's like ah. And then he turns around, opens the door, and just keeps running. And that's all he did. He would run until he found a portal and then scream portal and run into it. <laughs> I want to be that guy in real life. <laughs> door! Yeah! Just, just, that guy's been running all around the city going through doors. 
Um, um, basically, what you're saying is that your Ultima Online world was populated by delightfully mad people. <laughs> that was the fun. And that sociopathic fun. murders. <laughs> little, little less sword and sorcery, little more Terry Pratchett Discworld is what you're saying. <laughs> Uh, there was there was one guy whose his whole shtick was like this. This was an actual um, piece of fiction I put together because it was kind of popular. We would use screenshots of things to tell little stories. And my guy, it was like this this weekly. I imagined it uh, almost TV address called uh, Adventures in Capitalism. And basically, I'm like, how can I game game the system to try and make money? And it would never work out. Like, you could tame animals, like I said earlier. So I tamed frogs, which are one of the weakest. Like, I mean, they're frogs. They're frogs. Really? Frogs. Some then, of them are poisonous, man, in real some life. Some of them, yes. Not these ones. No, okay. These, Internet frogs, no poison. No. Fair enough. At least these particular... I don't want to, you know, get you to act... You know, on my advice, eat a, an I, internet frog that happens to be poisonous. Okay. It's just these, these Ultima Online frogs <laughs> weren't. Okay. <laughs> Clarify that. Anyways, so you tame for, frogs. For you kids at home. Yes. I don't want to. There are no children listening to this. <laughs> Anyways, you, so you tamed frogs to try and game the capitalist. I, uh, and then I'd show up in the bank and be like, I'm selling frogs. <laughs> <laughs> Those aren't legal tender. <laughs> and people would show up and like people would ask, like, what can I use this frog for? And I'm like, you can cook this frog. <laughs> and one guy who thought he was being an asshole, I guess, bought a frog from me and then killed it in front of me. And I'm just like, Dude, I got your money. I don't care what you do with the frog when you're done. And at this point, a naked man ran into the bank and yelled, Portal! (laughs) Um, Followed by a man with a purple exploding potion. (laughs) The Unabomber. So how many how many characters are we up to? Was that five that you described, or was that all? Did you actually have six? That you had the maximum characters? You oh, yeah, and I mean, I did this all the time. You could delete a character like right away and then oh, make and, a new one. Oh, okay. So I mean, I made characters all the time for the simple idea of like, well, well what if I try doing this? <laughs> like characters who would last a day. Yeah. I had <laughs> I had one character who was a tamer. So t- his job was tame animals. And I mean, once you tamed an animal, you could tell it to attack or or stuff like that. And the whole point was you would tame progressively bigger and you'd start taming you know horses and sell them to people to, to ride or get up to taming dragons and like attack and dragons my idea was i'm gonna spend two and a half hours around the game world taming as many cats as possible and then i'm gonna sick them on a random person <laughs> so i did and the cats lost how many cats are we talking here? Oh, 50. <laughs> 50, 60 cats. Just wild cats. I think I would lose a fight to 60 cats in real life. But apparently... <laughs> what if you had a sword? Apparently wow. a sword-wielding man in heavy armor does not lose a fight to 50. It takes... Here's some science for you, dear listener. It takes 50-plus cats to kill an armed and armored man. And I mean, this guy's character was also a mage. I don't know how many it would take to... Like, he started a wall of flame on my cats. <laughs> just, like, flaming cats everywhere. <laughs> they were just, like, running through left and right. And I'm sitting on the sidelines, not involved in the fight at all, yelling, Get him! Get him! And then, like, he went through all the cats, and he immediately set his sights on me. And I'm just like, No! <laughs> so for a good long time, it's me running down, like, this random path. And this guy chasing me down, and I'm screaming, where are my cats? Come back, my cats, until I was slaughtered. This is, uh, <laughs> this is just so absurd. <laughs> See, you have to understand that, I, having had no experience in this, in this kind of gaming world, 
I'm actually picturing Lil Wall as a dude in like on Jasper Avenue, <laughs> sicking fifty cats on some old dude with a beard who can who's a, also a pyrotechnician, just <laughs> chasing Lil Wall down and and laying down a, a severe beatdown on him. That's actually kind of what it looked like. Yeah, it's um, probably something. It sounds like something you might see at like a fair or something. I suppose. <laughs> That's fantastic. Come back, you rapscallion. <laughs> yes. You um, rube. There was um you shall rue the day. <laughs> we we weren't involved in this but there was there was a one surfer that had a tradition called the bobs and it was simply because unlike other games you could actually name your guy to the same name as somebody else. So they decided like every once in a while they put up on an internet forum they'd be like there's a bob fight going on on this day show up. And seriously it was a whole bunch of people who would make bald men with neon goatees all named Bob and then they would show up and just like kill whoever was nearby except not kill cuz they were brand new characters. So more one guy would be fighting like 25 other guys and just like taking them all out and then they'd resurrect and come back for more. Could you customize a characters to look like Hulk because it'd be awesome to have a Hulk Hogan fight. Just a bunch of dudes being like, sicking his little Hulkamaniacs on you. You could have gotten close. That's you you could have got like the yellow. Because like when you had a piece of clothing, you could dye it any color you wanted. If I weren't broke and busy, <laughs> I would be doing this immediately after this show. It's oh, they, I'm serious. They, they do have some free servers on. Because I mean, Ultima, um, basically they. EA bought Origins, which is the company, that, and then they broke Ultima. What they did was all the awesome stuff I've been telling you about, like looting guys and stealing from them and, and, and that kind of stuff. They made two worlds where you could do that in one, and then you couldn't do that in the other. Oh, okay. And then, of course, all the power, like everybody goes to the, the Care Bear world, is what it was called. It was, And then all of us who enjoy, like, actually... You know, walking through the game world knowing somebody could come kick our ass at any moment or we could go find somebody and kick their ass. Uh, there was like three of us left. Hmm. So, yeah. But if you go into a free server, most of them are pre that split. So I'm just saying. Really? I'm just saying. Damn it. The last thing I need is more time wasters. <laughs> this podcast is bad enough. It does take up a lot of our time. Doesn't it? And yours, dear listener. And um. yours. <laughs> I think it's worth it. Not, you for, would. not for you two. You're the guest. Exactly. Listen to me. Yeah, I get to talk and then I'm gone. <laughs> uh, I did want to mention you were talking about economy and um, EVE Online, which is a kind of a space-based type thing, and it's it's all about ships and and corporations and fighting pirates and building blueprints and stuff like that. They recently had like the biggest fraud, in-game fraud in history um this this guy ended up he basically owned a bank because because eve is a very economic game and they let uh some some players were just kind of like and eve is is pretty much as close to ultima as i found Mm -hmm. The, the guy just shows up and he says hey uh give me your money and i will keep it safe and then i will use that money to invest in these other corporations who are you know building stuff or trading stuff or creating new ships and then I'll give you interest on your money. Like, he actually set up a bank over two years. And then one day, just decided, I'm keeping it all. So, yeah, and he just left with, like, $40 billion in-game dollars, which I think the article I was reading equaled something like $50,000 real. Like, if you sold it, because you can still sell sell the money uh, in games, it would be worth $50,000. So he actually left the game? No. 
he just he just wouldn't honor the uh, the in, the people's investment. Yeah, he just said, uh, I'm, I'm not a bank anymore. I'm just a guy with $40 billion. And so what recourse did the game have? Because there's no way to track this stuff. It right? doesn't, no. The guys who developed the game were like, yeah, no, he broke the like the moral rules that you guys set up, but that's not against our rules because we purposely made this a very open game. And uh, you're allowed to be a complete criminal dip. Exactly. And I mean, and then and then people are like, well, what's our recourse? And they're like, well, we have a bounty system, so you can put a bounty on him. Uh, you can go and kill him yourself. You can make the game a living hell. Basically, we gave you the rules. There's ships. There's weapons you can use. And we want you to police yourselves. So is this guy now being destroyed? Has he been attacked? Do you I know? don't even know what happened. To I him. wonder. Like, I, I was reading this on some, I think it was Wired. I think I was reading this article on Wired. And um, I don't know if anything's come of him yet. But uh, he, he's probably very hated. Hmm. I, I, would, I would suspect I would there's so. some consequences. Yeah. Uh, speaking of EVE Online, we are approaching the Romulan neutral zone, and that means we're going to have to vacate the bridge very shortly. So we should move on to the Fast 15. Let's do that, and then we'll get into some escape pods. Sounds good. So um, you have, I'm going to ask you 15 questions. Okay. Two of them are tailored to you as a person you get two passes so if you feel like you can't answer or would not like to answer because they're extremely invasive just say pass and i'm keeping track of how many you pass so lil walt what is your favorite food i really like spaghetti your favorite color blue would you use mac pc or linux i use mac and pc i prefer mac okay dogs or cats cats favorite holiday holiday day yes halloween okay uh your favorite sport Football. Favorite pastime? Football. Favorite music right now? I'm a really big fan of The Weaker Thans. Nice. Favorite movie? Right now, off the top of my head, I'd say probably Shaun of the Dead. Nice. Um, Favorite movie that you dislike but everyone else seems to think is awesome? I'm going to pass. I don't know. Favorite movie you love but everyone else hates and it's kind of your secret shame movie? I honestly don't. I'm going to have to pass on that one. I all don't right. Know. Fair enough. You're all a lot of passes. I am. Just oh, so no. you know. So now we move on to your proudest moment. My proudest moment. I think it would probably, I just got into a uh, after degree program for journalism and it's kind of hard to get into. So the acceptance letter, I was very proud of that. Congratulations. Thank you. Your least proud moment. Probably some of these stories that, uh, that we've, uh, we've discussed. <laughs> Portal! <laughs> <laughs> Go! Um, And now we move on to your two wild cards. Uh, Your current favorite video game. Current favorite video game. I am really loving Left 4 Dead. Ooh, nice. And because you aren't going to be living in Edmonton much longer, you're moving out to Halifax to to do the degree program you spoke of. What are you going to miss the most about Edmonton? Other other than the people, because that's a pretty obvious thing. Of course. We're sitting Um, right here. (laughs) I was actually saying this the other day. Um... I really enjoy the LRT. Really? I really like the LRT, especially when it's like coming out of the, the tunnel right over the bridge. Like you enjoy riding the LRT. Yeah, I do. I really do. He likes trains. I'd choo-choo. That's very sweet. Anyway, that's it for the Fast 15. Thank you very much, Lil Wall. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. So what are we talking about next time? Our next I show is about the Fringe. Which is topical. Fringe is coming up in Edmonton. It's a massive theater uh, event. Uh, one of the biggest in the world, I understand. Right on. Sweet. We're done. We are done. Woo! 
You've been listening to The Unknown Studio, Episode 4. Our guest, Scott Lilwall. Our topic, MMORPGs. Pre-production by Adam Rosenhart. Post-production by Scott C. Bourgeois. You can visit us on the web at theunknownstudio.ca. Thanks for listening. Get him! Get him! Get him!